Everyone in between, from the left to the right, from the in to the out, to the up to the down, and all around, you are now tuned into Center, Center of, of, of the, the, the Universe. I'm Zach, he's Ben, we're here to drop you off with that knowledge, just like your mom used to do at school. Uh, whether or not you pay attention, that's entirely up to you. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That was way better. So I should, probably shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to go ahead. This is take two. Of course it is. Because when you, when you start a new podcast, you want to go ahead and get five minutes into it and then realize you fucked it up. This is the great venture we're on. Um, so yes, this is the newest iteration, the latest iteration of this podcast, Center of the Universe. I feel like this is the podcast version of Wagons East. Oh, God. I hope. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to die before this ends? Probably. Hopefully. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I do like Chris Farley, and I, I look like him at times. Um, so, yes, this is the, the, new, um, the new podcast. We have rebranded. We are on a new, amazing network. Jabroni U. We want to be new it. look, same bullshit. Fuck yes. Boner and the Nuge are riding. Boner and the Nuge coming at you at this drive time. That's right, folks. We've got tickets for that new Monster Truck Rally Show coming this Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. So a while back, Zach decided we were going to be radio morning radio disc jockeys, and Boner and the Nuge were born. Um, you can decide who's Boner and who's the Nuge. So a uh, big shout out to Wes. Wes Allen for uh, introducing us to the guys at Jabroni U. Um, also, a big shout out to him getting a new job. Uh, that that was one of the, the the coolest things that he had mentioned. You know that he was laid off on a Monday, had a brand new job on a Friday. Yeah, that I mean was. that's I I believe in karma, and I, that guy is nothing but aces always in my book. So, you know, when some bad news circled his way, I knew it was just a matter of time before. Some sunshine came and brightened up his day. Well, the fact that he was up and walking and up being positive, I would have been in the field position, crying, rocking back and forth. And he's like, "Nope, I'm gonna fucking move forward." So. Yeah, I called them those uh, the nature talks. I love those. I, I, would, I, I want Wes. I know, hopefully, you're listening to this. If you are, uh, please bring those back. Just keep doing them. It was very like a Fred Rogers kind of thing. You know, it was very like uh, it was very calming. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm uh, so this is the last time we'll be recording at this studio. I am mm-hmm. leaving this job. I am going to another job. Um, I'm going to tell everyone what the job is. Let's just say I'm going to be going with the flow. There you go. So it involves a lot of spandex. Yes. A bald guy in a wheelchair. Yes. Uh, a school for gifted youngsters. Yes. Hundred percent. I'm next man. It's going to be great. Um, so this is the, this is it's bittersweet. Uh, we had a lot of fun here, a lot of good memories here. It's so hard. I mean, I was to gonna play some boys goodbye. to men. How do I? Oh, jeez, Louise. 
We're we're already off the rails. We haven't even put it on the rails. I, I mean, that's the, the we're gonna do rails. That's actually that's the, we're doing rails. Chop them up, folks. All right, so um, well, we'll do a quick check-in. So we haven't seen each other in a little while. Yeah. Um, early in the month, went to Mexico with my beautiful wife. We had lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, got to try lots of tequila, which was fucking aces. Yeah. Are um, you you tequila white? Um. So I um. I knew. Tequila I, I, gold. Well, I I found out that the whole thing about tequila is that like a lot of tequila in the United States is only fifty one percent agave, and then the rest of it is like sugarcane, and like so it's, that's garbage. So I got to try real tequila, hundred percent agave. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good! Like I brought back two bottles. What what's the what's the difference? Is it smoother? Is it? Well, it's, it's yeah, the burn uh, less a lot less of the burn. And uh-huh. so I brought back two bottles. One was it was a three year aged, so it's. Really nice because like white is like basically like right when it's distilled. Okay. White like that's the like as it ages it turns more the more amber color. Gotcha. And then the second bottle is a honey and almond um, tequila. Okay. It doesn't taste like tequila. If I, it, it would be like great. It's like basically like a Bailey's. Really? Tequila. Yeah. Okay. It's, but it's really it's really good. And like we, we tried like cream based liqueur. There was one that was like an eggnog, which was weird, but it was good. What, there's one that I remember having a while ago. It was like tequila rosa. Yeah. It was like tequila and tasted like strawberry Nestle quick. Yeah. It was really like, I remember like, like in high school, like one of my friends, like he who doesn't drink, he liked that stuff. It was yeah. like. Because those were always the easiest bottles to steal out of like mom and dad's liquor. Yeah. Because they're like, like, yeah, like. It's like that, 99 bananas, and Manischewitz. Oh, Manischewitz. Yeah, getting drunk on Manischewitz. What do you know? What do you kids know about that? Huh? Your high class mad dog twenty twenties with your goddamn white claws, fucking boobs, yeah, fucking babes and what do, you, what do you know about crying your troubles out over not getting end scene tickets with Boone Farm in hand? I so when we were down in Mexico, we went to this place and this woman asked for a white claw. The bartender's like, "We have tequila." That is amazing. <laughs> so like, like we don't have white claw. I'm like. I don't think White Claw has penetrated this market. Also, you're goddamn fucking Mexico. Like, yeah. drink the tequila that is awesome and shut up. What the fuck? Who, who, who the fuck goes on vacation and asks for a goddamn White Claw? That's fun. Well, I'm, Though, guess, I'm I, guessing Karen, you know, and her yeah. the Karen haircut was, yeah. But I do appreciate the uh, Alley Cat and Danhausen uh, video where Alley Cat gave Danhausen uh, a White Claw to try. I love you so. I love that Danhausen. Is is blowing up across the world, right? I'd love that he's like talking now more yeah. and more. Like the, his whole thing where he was just coming to be the silent but deadly. Like nah, and him man. and Warhorse. Oh, Warhorse is killing it, dude. He's been screaming about up. promos and cars. And oh, like, fucking ruling ass. I love it. Everyone should rule ass. I want Danhausen and Warhorse tag team versus RJ City and Greg Iron in a death match. In a death match. Yep. So there were two guys that did a death match, and it was the funniest death match. The end of the death match was they blocked each other on Twitter, and they both died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was some com- beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. comedy gold. So yeah. tomorrow, you and I get to see each other again. Yeah, we're working on projects. I've been bouncing around doing a whole hell of a lot of stuff. I've yeah. been, uh, uh, as folks might have known, I was in Germany for the cast and crew premiere of Death December while they're doing the world premiere tonight. Dublin, so whenever this airs, people probably won't care. Do you think, do you think there'll be any Guinness there? Um, more like it, probably a whole hell of a lot. So that, that screening there, and then it's starting to screen a couple other places. It's screening in South Africa, 
Um, it's screening in uh, America. It's making its North American premiere at the Anomaly Film Festival. I'm, I'll be going there, so I'll be nice. special guest. Uh, I'll be there for Death December as well as the short film uh, Labrys. Yes. They'll be screening there. So you worked on that as well, so yeah. I'm super excited for that. And then um, uh, this this month I've got a chance to go see Joe Bob Briggs talk about how Redneck saved Hollywood. That was super cool. He's doing a tour of that. If you guys get a chance, check that out. It's really informative. I was a little iffy because he's probably still one of the last good old boys that I can still kind of tolerate. But um, he's really a very well-educated fella. I'm super excited for uh, his new season of Shudder. It's the mm-hmm. Halloween Hootenanny tonight. And they oh. just announced that uh, he's doing a Christmas special because there is a Friday the 13th in December this year. Yes, there is. So I'm super, super pumped for that. I think that'll be cool. I got to see uh, RuPaul's uh, Work the World tour. Oh, nice. That was fantastic. It was so good. It's like a Vegas show, real uh, elaborate set pieces, amazing costumes, a whole lot of ass. Just just extreme amount of ass. What do you think about, um, they just announced RuPaul Celebrity Edition. <laughs> I'm intrigued, I think. And like, that... we can, like, we will, we'll do a formal introduction of our guests in a moment, but if you have any, any input on this. Um... Like, I'm, I'm all for it. I think that for, RuPaul's been such a gatekeeper in terms of the LGBTQ community that, like, I love that people can say, like, oh, that's drag. And it's like, well, no, no, no. It's like, it's like wrestling, like, in my opinion. Like, if you're only... Uh, compass point for drag is RuPaul that's like saying you only know WWF WWE wrestling that's like let's go to an indie show is it going to be as polished probably not because it doesn't have as much money but there's going to be probably twice as much passion that's I think I think it's a very fair would you say that that's a fair uh... no <laughs> it's just a cash grab at this point I mean, the, the, I, I do see like well, the, yeah, the... everybody should grab if you're making money trying to pay your bills through your art these days, grab that cash. There is no sellouts anymore. I don't think that's necessarily a sellout, but it's just like now the romanticizing of drag and what he does to drag. Like I respect all the girls from Drag Race because I work with them a lot, but it's just like what it's doing to local drag and the expectations, the ideas is absolutely horrible. It's it's homogenizing drag to, to, to a point, like of like it's it's making it more palatable to to. The white people. Let, let's be honest. Let's, let's be a thousand. Honest. Oh, it's, that's been a, that's been a while. But oh yeah, but yeah. but I mean, like, I'm I'm curious about it too. But like, and I think, but also I think, like Zach, like I think you're right. Like it could open doors. People could be yeah. interested. Like a little kid could see it and be interested, and then do more exploration into yeah, it. And I, kind I of want, get to the more, I want people to see something that they haven't been exposed to before and be realized like hey that's something i could do something i could try but at the same time I, I do see your point like it's supposed to be like one of those last wild west frontiers of entertainment where the it's supposed to be dangerous punk rock heard is from the boule Dra- brothers from dragula is uh drag is art and art is subjective and they're not there to judge their drag and i love that saying and i believe that drag race is there to judge drag and kind of put together what drag in the mainstream will be versus where I see Bully Dra- Brothers Dragula actually taking the crown from Drag Race oh, and yeah. taking it home and actually driving the future of drag that is a non-gendered form of entertainment. So Bully Brothers are the AEW to RuPaul's WWE. I like that. I like that. Everyone's so Ru- mind is just like... RuPaul is Vince McMahon? I think Kim Wanakiki is like Mexican wrestlers. Oh, there you WWE. go. RuPaul is the Vince McMahon of, of They're drag. They're both old millionaires right 
I think that RuPaul is probably less crazy than Vince McMahon. I gotta go. Yeah. Is, is, is RuPaul... Is Ru, Ru's gotta be... Is RuPaul a billionaire? No. God, I'm, gotta be close. Hundreds of... I would say at least hundreds of millions. Because like, like, Ru yeah. has been going since... like I remember, I remember as a young boy... Uh, seeing RuPaul in ma- one of my sister's magazines and you know having some certain feelings, and that, yeah. that, that was a young Ben. And I'm, and I'm old I remember ben. the days of RuPaul and Star Booty. What do y'all know about some Star Booty? I remember RuPaul's uh, music career. Yeah, that was like the days of of early, 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 early drag. I think he wasn't like he wasn't rich by any means, but he made drag actually accessible to mainstream culture, and then he disappeared. And then Drag Race came in. That's fair. I think that's very, very fair. All right. So uh, the Googles is saying 60 that... 60 million. Yeah. The Googles is saying RuPaul has a net worth of 60 million. I was, net worth I, of that like, seems a little low. Maybe it's a bad... Well, you're only really worth your liquidable assets and whatever cash is in your bank account. But like, I'm <laughs> sure like... <laughs> RuPaul's got way more I than... Would, I would say that they're probably not factoring in like the brand that, that he has built. Yeah. Like the brand, it's like, like I'm sure is worth more than he is worth. Because like, like it's like Tony Hawk. Like Probably Tony, has an easy five Tony mil in wigs. Well, like, like Tony Hawk, like, like became a brand. Like Tony Hawk, the games where like RuPaul is like the name is a brand. Like you hear RuPaul. That's true. Like, you like think Ru- less RuPaul, of like the person. RuPaul's worked the world tour. RuPaul like, was not on that tour. Like, RuPaul so, is not touring. Yeah, so Actually, be- that's that's a different. Um, that's a whole. That's a whole nother drama channel. <laughs> yeah, we're we're here for all the drama. Speaking of drama, we should probably introduce yes. our guest. Speaking of drama, the uh, queen, the mamacita of the macabre, the the queen bee of it all. You can't you can't have drama without this bad mama, ladies and gentlemen, the illustrious Bella Sin. There's no Bella Sin. There's only fool. Uh- <laughs> Day of the Dead's not Halloween. Thank you. <laughs> Say it again for the people in the back. Day of the Dead is not Halloween. That was a figurative of the speech, but thank you. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hola. So, I hear you're Mexican. Yes, from Mexico. From the real Mexico, not New Mexico. Okay. The old Mexico. So, like, Is that the one where we're going to build a border around, a border wall around Colorado? Is that... <laughs> hey, that being from Colorado, I want, I want to keep Nebraska out. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I thought somebody was fucking with me. <laughs> so did I. I like, and then it's like someone like has taken a sharpie and like built a wall. I'm like, fuck it. Like again, like you've got you know like to the butt like or I think it's like uh, Utah's above us. You've got Nebraska <laughs> there. Like I would keep all those fuckers out. So like, build that wall. Like I will say, build that wall. Build the wall think, around Colorado. I think at this point that would be like its own sovereign state. Function With so all the weed money they got, they, they don't yeah, need other people. Good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, that's very, very true. <laughs> Calif- California does not need the rest of America. They can completely <laughs> exist on their own. to the sea eventually. So it's oh, but they have such good food there. This because of Mexicans. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I, I So I uh, I came back from L.A. I, w- I got a chance to go visit my buddy Jerry because I've been jet-setting around a little bit. And uh, went to a uh, friend of the show. But we got to come back on an yes, episode. Yes, we do. Um, but we uh, went for, for breakfast, lunch at this spot, and I was like, I want to go to the most hole-in-the-wall spots, and uh, I can't even remember the name of it. But, um, it was in Spanish? I was all in Spanish. I was the only white <laughs> dude in there. You were in, in Mexico there. then? I, I was the only white you dude in there. You took a trip to Mexico and, uh, too? I, I made him give me like a plate of the pickled jalapenos. Oh, I got like <laughs> too deep, and then like there was steam literally coming out of my 
out of my ears and all that. But um, with the, the tortas, the yeah, oh, like the barbacoa and all that. Oh, dude. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I moved from Michigan to California, and my friend took me to a little taqueria, um, and I got me a real like real burrito, real tacos, and I was like. I've been lied to my entire fucking life by Taco Bell. Yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> I've been like, what is this fucking garbage? I go back for Christmas. My friend's like, let's go to Taco Bell. I'm like, fuck you. That's not Mexican food. Yeah. Like, that is trash. There is a, in Detroit, there's something called Little Mexico, and it's mm-hmm. almost as efficient as California's Mexico or Colorado's Mexico. Well, like, I think you have to search out those, um, those restaurants to find them, but. I'm I'm a connoisseur of where I find all the Mexican food everywhere. Yeah, Versus I'm always I'm always a fan. I always like going in and, and and I don't mean it to be rude, but I'm always just like I want what he's eating. And no, I, that's I, that's a normal that's a normal account anywhere okay, that you go. Okay. That's this different food because it's never like on the menu. You ever notice that? That's oh, I get special treatment at every single Mexican restaurant yeah. that I go to because I was just like I get to order things that are off the menu all the time. My husband's like. We get seated way faster with you. We get stuff that's different with you. We get better service with you. I was like, yes. But that makes total sense. I'm like, you walk in and, and like, I'm sure they're like, oh, you know, like, it's not the same person, like, you know, the million it's white person. It's motherfucking Bellison! God damn it! Well, they don't know me as Bellison, actually. Like, they don't know a lot of what I do. So it's just like, I'm another Mexican person. So it's kind of nice that I get anemones. Anemonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimonimon
like kind of intro and dive into the in the in Ohio and the Rust Belt. So I guess like how'd you get involved with that project? Um, Bob has been shooting for us for years now. I can't remember. He he just kind of came around from Freshwater. Cleveland, and he's like, "Oh, can I'm I'm shoot your show?" And I'm a very worried person when it was like weird person when it comes to photographers. So I was just like, uh, "Sure, can I see your credentials?" And he showed me. He's like, "I'm just covering this up." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So they were doing a thing on the Roxy, and um, we were doing a, a Roxy show apparently, and then they were doing this whole thing, and came and shot it. And then he's like, essentially, he's like, "We didn't have that much of a budget at that point." And I was like, I can't really afford to pay you a lot or anything. If, and then he's like, I'm just going to show up regardless if you do or not. And he supplied us with all these pictures. So years later, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron O'Brien came at it. I know I freaking love that woman. Um, she's, she's like what I want my aunt to be. <laughs> she's like my little white American aunt. I love her. Um, <laughs> so she just came to a show to watch. She sat in the back and just kind of watched the show in this book kind of came up from a perspective of a, she used to be uh, the editor for Freshwater as well. So between her and Bob, they kind of just like started putting together this book. And then I was, uh, I came in as a consultant and a diversity kind of like agent because of diversity is very important to me when we come to anything. So I was making sure that those things were in place and they just, they uh, kind of pitched it to Shallow Press and they said yes. And then I don't know where it began two years ago, I think. And I was like, I always never expect anything to come of anything because I don't have expectations. Like, did I expect to be here today? No. Did I come here today? I am right here right now. There you go. <laughs> but it's yeah. just like, it just... You are very go with the flow. Like Sometimes. Yes, but <laughs> you also... Who you're asking. I, knowing you for as long as I have, I also know that you, you like to... Uh, not necessarily over-plan and over-analyze, but you, you like to not be surprised. Uh, I love planning in advance and planning A, B, Z, like A to Z, what I need to do f to react to whatever it is. Sometimes I'm really calculated. Sometimes I know how to impulse do something. And sometimes I just like glue gun in the prayers. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I can think that because that's how the, the book was kind of laid out. It's yeah. got these interesting little tidbits of history to it as well as kind of uh, like older photos and you know kind of the pioneers of the the, the art and craft of burlesque yep. and then it kind of has this this journey that kind of starts to take more of a singular shape as it starts to follow you a bit yeah. more which um, is which is interesting because they like they it's topical to cleveland history mm -hmm. so and that is very much attached to united states history so you didn't know how big of a I think people forget how big of a mecca Cleveland used to be. Oh, yeah. That. It used to be one of the biggest and most important cities in the country. Fifth, actually. Our first yeah. beef was with Chicago. Yeah. As everyone AA was. started here, didn't <laughs> it? Pretty sure it did. I think so, yeah. They, yeah. That's not, but, like, I remember, like, so, like, my, my wife's family is from Cleveland, and they yeah. always talk about, like, how Cleveland at, at one time was on track to become, like, a, like a hub like Chicago, like in New York. Mm -hmm. Like it was, there's just so much like going through Cleveland and then like Detroit and Detroit was kind of on the same path. And yep. then, you know, things changed dramatically. Thank you, U.S. government. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we did lost steel. That was a big thing. I'm a, yeah. I'm a steel town kid. Yeah, yeah. rubber. It was, um, it was interesting too from, I'm actually from Mexico, I'm a migrant. So coming from a border town to coming to Denver and then moving to Cleveland. Well, Akron and then Cleveland, that was like 
like little town shop because I'm always so used to living in big cities and then mm-hmm. I come to like I'm like the city of Akron is two blocks big and I was like hello yeah. <laughs> 17 years ago so I'm like anybody here <laughs> so yeah it was like when I when I discovered that whole Midwest history it was really interesting to me I became really obsessed with it so I is that what see- kind of led to your interest in burlesque or no um if how you... did you find your first pair of pasties <laughs> i made them um at a cardboard from a flyer from a seraphim shot concert <laughs> three um, sorry um i remember a lot of that time so um i went to public school and since you're from denver you know what school i went to it um mm-hmm. it was abraham lincoln and it was a public school and it was an inner city public school so Books in the library are not very... So they admitted this from the book, but actually, like, I skipped my first period class. First or second, I can't remember. Like, I was being dangerous. So I went to the library because I thought that that's what people that skip classes do. They obviously know I was skipping class. (laughs) But I was in there looking at books, and I found the pictorial burlesque. And from that moment, it was just like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I was just talking to him that actually was studying religion and mythology and Mm -hmm. I wanted to major in those fields but then became a stripper which I said like there's lots of mythology in stripping (laughs) absolutely yeah Um, and then um, essentially just swiped the book put it in my backpack and left and then lied about my age to get a class and that's how it started I debuted in my friend's show um, at a goth bar Mm-hmm. I, I've been to. Yeah. Um, so how how old were you for your first show? Eighteen. You wait. I was the, seventeen when I started taking classes. You're seventeen. Okay. Yeah. I just turned. It was cold outside. I remember specifically waiting outside in the cold because I got to venue too early because I had to sneak out of my house to leave. Okay. My mom didn't know. So. <laughs> so I just. I was just making sure that this wasn't oh, some. No, like, it was. It was eighteen on the dot. December second just passed. My debut was this like. Was like, what? Like, technically, do I count as a real debut? No, because there was too many things that went wrong with it. But it was just like Marchish okay. that I ended up debuting. So it's just like, it was still cold in Denver. So it's just like, and it was funny because, like, debuting, no, that was like two, 2002. I graduated school. 2003 is when I debuted. Yes, March 2003. Then I moved to Ohio in the end of 2000. No, it was August of 2003 that I moved to Ohio and then did the trip in 2004 in March. Okay. So March has a lot of stuff for me. Yeah. So yeah, I just was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. And can I cuss? (laughs) 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 Fuck, I guess, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up just... What was, do you remember what your routine was with the, the um, song you danced to? <laughs> White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> White Rabbit by Jefferson... Wow! That was the Queen of Hearts. And I bought this really expensive corset that I... Like, it took months to pay off because it was on my way. If you gave and me then 100 chances it. to pick the first song, that no, would have not been on the list. No, no kidding. Um, I cut it with some random knife that was just on stage. Yeah, I set it okay. back together too. <laughs> I lost it somewhere. But yeah, it was um, there was a drag queen named Penny. She was the one that was helping me glue my pasties on with nail glue. Pasties yeah. with nail glue. Yeah, don't ever do that. Oh. <laughs> Chemical burns. Oh. Um, good thing that Yikes. we put makeup over it. It was a whole other issue. But like, it was 
it was everything that I didn't want my debut to be and that like that kind of shaped who I was as a performer in the future so it's just like everything that happened at that point it was a goth show too <laughs> so it was just like so out of whack but everything worked out so it sounds like from that point it like it could only go up it could only get better oh yeah but that it sounds went like it up and down all around in and out before it got yeah. to I think something in 2010 that I felt was actually something to work towards I think okay so I'm, I'm curious then in in the years of experience that you have <clears throat> there's in your opinion what's the difference between burlesque stripping exotic dancing is it well we originated exotic dancing mm-hmm. so um the modern strip club originally from burlesque but burlesque and one of the not jokingly ever but one of the truths is that um strippers are sex workers and mm-hmm. we're uh, theatrical artists but also strippers can pay their bills and we kind of can't <laughs> depending how much you're gigging but when we're looking at also atmosphere stage people um patrons both of them in the same tree but very different branches and very different size mm-hmm. so i sometimes people are like oh don't call me a stripper i was like hey you're gypsy rosalie which I should stop saying Gypsy Rosalie, supposed to be, that's a slur. So Ms. Rosalie would, would say that stripper was good enough for her. So, and stripper actually was developed by stripping. That was, we were not typing on stage and we're not typing on stage now, mm. unless it's part of your act. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there was the development of pole dancing within, you know, the community. The way that just um, sex work developed and the, only, the oldest profession on the book, it was just like kind of burlesque went into clubs when the band was instated and then those clubs became with 60s, 70s and 80s with demanding more body, more like pornography came around, TV was a thing and it just demanded more and more and more and just they ended up being like these divey places where people would come, drop a coin, see a girl dance and that was, you know, that was what it developed. But like I think when Burlesque declined in 70s to... 90s and then the resurgence came up and then that's when there was clear lines sort of but some of the burlesque performers are sex workers some sex workers are burlesque performers so it's just a lot of people are like oh you're not that kind of stripper i'm just like what did you mean yeah <laughs> so because i used to be i used to be a sex worker so it's just kind of like hey they can pay, pay their bills and they have way more patience than we do yeah I, like I'm a, I'm a fan of like a lot of the uh alternative movements within different art scenes and things yeah. like that and it, it it has a lot of similarities like when i'm old enough to remember when suicide girls first dropped oh god and you see suicide right yeah and but that <laughs> was like realized whole... i'm old enough too yeah, right? <laughs> I, I remember on seeing my myspace yeah. yeah i was on myspace tom was my hey guys I, I gotta go set my uh aim away message <laughs> hear that Earth. goddamn door shut and open a million yeah. times <laughs> Oh, the dial-up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that was, like, so with, like, Suicide Girls and, like, uh, Burning Angel and all that, that, mm. would, that kind of ushered in. God this, Girls. Yeah, that ushered in the, the tattooed girl that kind of brought in the, old like, old-school glamour and pinup and all that, but also this edginess of, of goth and punk and things like that, and it, it was a shot across the bow to, like, just the blonde uh, and large-chested uh, very small waisted. Yeah, they're not hippie girls that yeah. ran like Baywatch. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, it ushered in this whole uh, 
a slew of variety that has new taste and all that. But, you know, now that the, the buffet has been open 24-7, <laughs> um, you know, what what flavor does anyone still have left on their palate? Um, I think when it comes to whoever, what the stereotypical idea of a six-way cis white woman is to to burlesque, that's still very much in place, though. Mm-hmm. There's shows that are strictly thin, white, cisgendered women performing with, they're honestly just walking up and down the stage and just not doing much of anything. But, like, now that there's been an, an, a shift in the industry for a couple of years now of demanding diversity and inclusivity, and a lot of people don't see it because a lot of the shows that we put on, we've trained a public here in Cleveland to demand diversity. Mm-hmm. If your show's not diverse, it's not going to do well here. Well, I, I think that's a yeah. great point. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, to to state that you you have your own show. Yeah. So if uh, they have you, yeah, you do you because that's the thing you kind of jump in and out of uh, a lot of beds. Like, for, <laughs> forgive the expression, but uh, but you you do have your own that you you started. Um, um, I think it's just when you look at society in a whole, major shifts happen all the time, and that that's in history. So when you have the 1900s, you went from like, you know skirt under your ankles and then Lydia Thompson came up and it's all through popular culture then people started showing their legs and then you have the shift between the 30s and the 40s of super small body women that are like you know like very very thin and very oversized clothing and then you have the 1940s and 50s where it was like voluptuous like corseted thin waist big breasts big hips and thighs and then you take a shift to the 60s and 70s and 80s which was a very organic body type time in a very when you start seeing women's rights rise and then punk and goth and all that stuff came through and then you have the 90s where it was like a return to the puritan america and that's when the we come back to the like non-tattooed tan big boob girl pamela anderson you see i don't see her like that Tommy Lee ruined her for me. <laughs> she's she, yeah, she Tom, did. Tommy Lee ruined her for a lot. No, like, of like, like I saw, boats. I saw her in a in a different light. As like, I didn't see her as. I see Reese Witherspoon as being an all American girl. Up oh, so yeah. Pamela Anderson is a sex symbol versus an all American like. Oh, okay, I can see what you mean. Puritan right. girl next door. So when we're looking into the, I don't know if I want to see Reese Witherspoon. Dance around. I mean, is that kind of a weird thing? I mean, it, no, it, I like Cameron Diaz dancing around, but that's just me because she's tall. Yeah, uh, it's just I, I'm short, so tall people make me happy. Um, you I hear think, that, folks? Tall, <laughs> tall. Um, so the person that married somebody was five nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when we're looking in into the the greater shift in the two thousands, it just became a a back into the you know. The fashion standards and everybody just had a choice now because there was the internet. So fashion was at this point to like art, suggestive, and people started borrowing things from everybody else. And that's kind of like rockabilly did have a lot to do with the movement. A lot of the Chicano movement with the uh, pachuco suits, we just having this conversation, how that influenced cholo fashion and mm-hmm. how it influenced like what we call like POC fashion statements and stuff and, like that um, in modern. Uh, so Chonga? La Chonga. Yeah. <laughs> the see? Chonga movement. There you go. Um Chongonas. But like it's I I'm think, a white dude what, from Cleveland, folks. So <laughs> read a book if you can't keep up. Oh Google. 
Google Isn't that the craziest thing is that with the proliferation of the internet and how much culture you have at your fingertips of like whatever weird fucking kink you could get into, whether it be like whatever yeah please please leave the kids alone center of the universe is extremely against children sex Uh, that's just one for that out there that's the thing like nowadays you have so much access to so much stuff and you can do everything in it but i think it's one of the times that we're losing most of our ability to actually enjoy everything's online at your fingertips so when you come and see live entertainment like burlesque you are kind of lost at the fact that you can't touch your phone and you just have to be there in the moment to enjoy it. And yeah. a lot of people are like, I'm going to watch this through either phone. But it's just like, I think that's the the fact that alternative lifestyles and alternative beauty is now so pushed. Like, I remember when I used to be like, oh, you will never find a job when you're tattooed in pierced or mm-hmm. have colored hair and wear crazy makeup, right? Now I find a job literally in every corner because people are like, oh, you're fun to alternative. You're a creative type. You're an artist, aren't you? Yeah. So, like, you know, that's that's... Even nail wise, like people are like your nails, blah blah blah, and I was just like, yeah, their nails, what what of it? They're like, it's fun, it's in, how do you type? I was like, with my fingers. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that being said, if no one has ever seen Bella Sin, Google away, my friends. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> I'm just like, and it's funny because like, I, I worked at this high school, and like you know. Even a couple of years ago, we would tell our students, like, you know, no, like, outrageous hair, tattoos, the nails. But, like, you're right. Like, it is getting to a point now where people aren't looking at that. Like, five years ago, visible tattoos would have been something, like, that's going to – you're going to be hard to find a, a lot of gainful employment or, like, good jobs. Yeah. Now, like, my wife, like, she were, she's a lawyer. And there are people at her job that have, you know, purple hair, tattoos, uh, you know, nails longer than your nails. And it's like people are understanding that, like – you know that is just that 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 is not going to. As long as you can do your job, it doesn't matter what you look like. As long as you can do the job that you you're asked to do, like your appearance should not dictate if you can do the job or not. Not not anymore. But I think it was like when when you're in a professional setting. I think it was like they call them the. Which I hate that they used to call them the Bohemians. The Bohemian movement just like came around back again now, and we're seeing we're seeing like. We're, we're re- literally re- renaming things like Visco Girls. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, those existed in the 80s. Somebody's like, I invented Visco Girls. I was like, no, you didn't. That existed in the 80s. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember that, unfortunately. So, <laughs> I'm, Can I how fanny packs are coming back? Like, my my 12-year-old niece like, it's a hip pack. No, goddamn, it's a fanny pack. Right. I remember those things. They were bright neon back in the day. They're coming back. It, it's scary because we we cannibalize our own culture, yep. you know, f- to a certain degree. And then it gets to a point where we have to start cannibalizing other cultures and what ends up happening is, is rather than embracing what it is and the roots of it all we decide to rename it repurpose it rebrand it yeah we can reinvent the wheel every five minutes so i think that's when burlesque when you're you're seeing burlesque you're seeing a bevy of old and new that is so enticing with everybody in fashion and in culture and in pop culture that because dita von Teese made us like essentially explode Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Dina birth like a burlesque performer in every city within five seconds of seeing a video. So thank you. I remember Kevin. the first time I saw Dina Vontese <laughs> yeah. and, right, right. and like it was like that's a thing. Right. I, so, yeah. it, like she's pale, raven haired, thin, tall. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cannibalizing culture, a little bit of a detour, but I think it's very interesting. So we are in the holidays. We're in the holiday season. We're coming <laughs> up towards Halloween. He's going there. 
I'm going there because I, going I, there. because I find it very interesting because I, I just came back from Mexico and and you uh, have a Mexican on the show. I have a Mexican on the show, oh, and like so, <laughs> my my wife and I are we are fans of the Day of the Dead because yeah. we, we are very connected to our grandparents. It's a great Romero yeah. movie. It is a great, it's a great movie. But so, no, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I was like, it is soon. Um, but so you know, Day Day of the Dead in Mexico is not Halloween, and so and like you have like you take. Put it on yourself as a mission to explain this to people that while it is near Halloween, it, uh, you know, you you know, it's the, the day after. It is not part of Halloween. It is not something that you should dress up as. And I, I think that's very important because it's a very important holiday to your culture. Yeah, it was. Um, so people don't understand that actually, like Day of the Dead used to be around what our harvest season was. Is indigenous cultures for um, Azteca people. Or Mexica, whichever people like to use because we get into it each other. But when the butterfly migration came through, that's what we explain as the souls of our dealer departed coming. And when we got colonized with the Spaniard, they decided to move it towards All Souls Day. So and they just decided to do what the Greeks did and see how I love <laughs> religion, uh, mythology. They decided to try to rebrand, rename their religious icons to mirror ours. And that's how the Virgin Mary kind of was birthed into the whole thing. And then indigenous people seeing like all this Christianity and uh, Catholicism, which is a, a real big issue for me in colonization. Because essentially it's like, if you didn't like it, you were dead. So, and also thanks for all the diseases, I guess. <laughs> So, yay vaccinations. Um, <laughs> Vaccinate your kids. <laughs> Thank you. But I think when people fail to think about is, I think this actually came through a culture called Razabilly, which is rockabilly, but with a ton of Mexicans. And Viva Las Vegas actually has a ton of Razabillys. And they love dressing like pachucos, dressing like um, the old, like, tzutsus and stuff like mm-hmm. the, the tzutsu riots were a real thing. People are like, what? That's a song. I was like, no, it's tzutsu. Yeah, that was... So, um... Do some history, kids. Rebook. Rebook. Google. Um, the, the thing is that it came through is that they started using their culture within their clothing. And that started becoming a thing. And I never... I only saw it celebrated within American... Like, Mexican communities and American communities. Mm-hmm. 2015 came around. And then I started seeing, like... Spectre had that giant parade, mm-hmm. and I was just like, they don't have a day of the dead parade in Mexico. Okay, this must be for the movie, right? Boom, like out of nowhere, Book of Life, out of nowhere, like Coco, out of mm-hmm. nowhere, all these other things. And I started seeing people like, um, I had a problem with the whole lazy Mexican costume or like the Mexican costumes as it is. Because when I first, I never saw those in Mexico, first of all. So when they came to the US, not even El Paso, like southern areas, when I came to Ohio, it's when I started seeing them more, and I was just like. Either we're lazy, we're not like you know working, or we're coming here to take your jobs. Pick one and go with it. Um, <laughs> which annoys me. It never makes sense to me. Like, <laughs> just like you see a Confederate like, flag in Ohio, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I've seen a Michigan. I steal I'm like, them. <laughs> like, let's get a map here, folks, and yeah. say like the but, South rising up, the South of Michigan. No, I, 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 <laughs> that's not what it was, guys. Um, it's to me, I don't know. It's it's just when people decide to. There's a time and a place to dress up as a sugar skull, and that's the first and the second you can come to. So they're super fun. They're all night long. If you ever been to a Mexican party, better better bring a change of clothes and some water and some Advil for the next day. Hydrate. <laughs> because there's even more food the next day. So it's like we prepare for months for Day of the Dead because mm-hmm. we honestly believe that 
our loved ones are coming back. And what I love is that, like, we have that belief. And my husband's like, I don't know what honestly he believes in. We just don't get into that. He's just like, Ugh. So I married Grumpy Cat, but white. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's just like cup of coffee, doesn't want to talk to humans, and he's just like, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like he makes sure that altar is up and lit, that flowers are changed. He makes sure that, you know, things are not missing. <coughs> so it's it's wonderful to see that he appreciates the culture that he married into, mm-hmm. and he actually let me and my grandma paint his face. Um, a grandma, my grandma gave us our the skull color. So whenever you see me with a skull face, it's the colors my grandma gave me. Oh, that's very cool. So just kind of goes around but it's i think people like to take a culture because they don't see significant culture behind them and with all the things that i've studied like there's so many intricate cultures in indigenous cultures in european like descendants Mm -hmm. and there's so many interesting backgrounds and stuff that i just think that people when europeans came here besides all the rape and pillaging they did uh, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, just, a little bit of that. But, like, there's so much interesting other, like, culture within the South that people just, like, there's a way to appreciate and a, a way to appropriate. And it's just, like, dressing up like another person that became popular in the 1920s, 1930s. Yeah. It's called so, blackface, and it's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and people um, get fired all the time for it because yeah. they go to parties. and. Oh, I've gotten, like, a few people fired for that. Um, <laughs> I was just like, hello? But I think it's when it comes to appreciating Mexican culture, especially right now, it's like, you know, do it with money, do it with voting. Don't fucking vote for anybody else in a blue person. Uh, blue men for president. Uh, blue men group. I love them. But it's, um, I think it's it's when you experience culture as a person there, like if you go to Day of the Dead, Ohio, it's on the 2nd of November over at Gordon Square, mm-hmm. like, go, like, closer to three, and it's a parade. Then you'll experience a actual, like, you'll understand why we're there. you understand why we're looking at, at certain things. Like, if you don't cry when you watch Coco, you're not human, but... Uh, like, true. Yes, true. Like, it's, it's true. Cry, like, every Still, time. every time. But in Spanish, it's even worse. Like... Oh, yeah. I'm sure. But it's just, like, go to those, like, those celebrations on the first and the second... Be prepared if they invite you to somebody's house because that's just food, liquor, and partying for like 48 hours straight. Mm-hmm. And going to the cemetery in the middle of the night, which is completely normal. <laughs> completely normal for Mexicans because we're like, oh, cemetery is great. Awesome. We never saw them as a weird place till I came here and I saw how death is treated. Well, so, yeah, like the cemetery is the connection to those people. It's saying, yeah. like, it's talking to those people and having those conversations, like, this is my family. And so, so I guess, so when you saw Coco for the first time, like, obviously, I'm I met sure the director, he was super nice. I'm sure there are things that, like, that Coco yeah, kind of changed or made a little more easy. Actually, for, but like, um, how was it? Like, like, you know, is it pretty true to the, the a lot of traditions? They hired a um, liaisons. To make sure the culture was very well spoken, there was indigenous culture in there. There was the throwback of you know Aztec culture, the alebrijes, which alebrijes weren't even original, but came from an artist in the can't remember what year. But they like they made a good job into putting in a story within the culture, and they made sure that this movie was for Mexico, mm-hmm. not for 
America. So it was actually first released in Mexico during the Day of the Dead. And my aunt, that doesn't go to anything or pay for anything to go to, she went to see it and I was just like... Barillo from the, the Facebook group, that we watched the same Facebook group, he went to Mexico City and he and he saw um, Coco there first. Yeah. And he said, like, yeah, I cried and cried. So... And, and yeah. Still. Oh, no, I still... Like, we just watched it recently. And it's like... Like we're both my wife and I are very close to my my grand, our grandparents and they're mm-hmm. all they're all gone, and so I like I could probably start crying now just thinking start of, crying. You're, because you're it, your mascara. because it, it's very deep here, but <laughs> but it's just like I I love that connection of like you know like I my the center side of my family I'm very tied to it like I like my mm-hmm. wife like she kept her last name because she's very tied to her family I and, too. and I think it's such an important thing and that's what I appreciate about Day of the Day is that like. It's, you know, honoring that family, honoring, like, know where you are, where you're from, five, six, seven generations and back. it's crazy to me that I know the third, fifth aunt down from, like, the seventh, like, whatever grandma. Like, it's crazy to me that I know that a vast amount of my family. And when I ask my husband and his family, like, hey, who were, you know, and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I was like, I guess we're Austrian or something. And, like, to I can pinpoint what year of the the Aztec years we were actually in because I became very obsessed with finding out where I was from because I was like white passing <laughs> and that bothered me because you see my cousin and then you see me and I'm like the fuck mm. happened mom <laughs> I was <See>. like hello <laughs> see now as, as much as you guys like to whack on uh, Coco the, the three flicks for me are uh, La Bamba Blood, oh, in, yes! Blood in Blood Out mm. and Mi Vida Loca La Bamba. So yes, okay, maybe that look okay. I love, I, I love my, my, my biological father, but the, the, one of the happiest memories is my like I remember it like it was yesterday. My mom, my sister, and I standing on the couch, li- playing the record of La Bamba and singing those songs. Like I yeah. love that movie. La Bamba was like, like on all like, the time, like, right? Like, <laughs> Richie Valens like is to this day like I love. My cousin La Bamba. looks like Richie Valens' brother. Bob, <laughs> Bob, I love fucking, fucking Bob. Bob? Um, it's not my first, it's not my last. My fa- like I grew up in in like Mexican cinema, so it's just like El Santo versus um with Capulina versus the Vampires. Oh yeah, yeah. That's okay, yeah. my favorite oh, movie. Ones, of all. Yeah. Like I love Capulina. When El Santo showed up in Coco, like I freaked out. I know. My, my wife didn't know that the fuck he's like, it's fucking El Santo! Like, I li- the the son of El Santo and like everything about Blue Demon and El Santo. Like mm. I, those those are my folks. And then like when we go to like Selena is the next movie that I can say like actually changed. I remember when she died and I came out crying in Mexico saying Selena died. Like that was like the darkest day of my life. Well, you're a Selena fan, as you oh, were. You yeah, Selena no. switch. Not at all. What are you talking about? I was not dressed up in the middle of the night, almost avoiding a fever last night dressed as Selena. Um, I'm not contagious. She so, <laughs> said that a couple times. Uh, I feel like she. CPAC. CPAC. So, um, and after that, like, I think the next movie that really made, um, it was, um, To Wong Fu, Thank You for Everything, Julie Newmar. That's a great one. John Leguizamo's character yeah. as John Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi, yeah. That was Latino identity at the fullest, because I was like, that's when I saw my uncles oh, on there. Oh, little Latin boy. Little Latin boy in drag, why are you crying? And you'll see me, actually, like, if if I'm being a jerk, I'm like, Latin, Latin boy in drag. Why are you crying? Even though that's not exactly in line, but I was just like, not Seema Jackson and Wesley Snipes. John Leguizamo does not get enough credit for I the amount him. of makeup. He looks so good. 
It, so, uh, Tuan Fu, Julian, thanks for everything, Julian Newmar, him and that, him and Spawn, and uh, then him and 300. Yeah. I think, like, he is Isn't just... 300? Yeah, he's the hunchback. Yeah. He is one the, of... That shows the goat path? That's John Leguizamo, dude. He is one of the <laughs> most underrated, like, actors of all time. He's amazing. I yeah. love, like, and, and, like, he's in the new movie with John Cena, where, like, he's a firefighter. Oh, uh, yes, yes. But, like, I will see him in anything, because he brings such authenticity to everything he does. But you can't see John Cena. But like, but I, I love John Leguizamo. I think yeah. like one of my favorite movies of, of recent memory was Chef. Um, with, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Favreau, yeah. Yeah, and like he's, like, like he's just such a great actor. Like if I see he's in it, I will, I will always give it a shot because. Yeah. Oh wow, he, like, <laughs> he's he's fucking amazing. Um, um, I think it's just letting the identity in movies like here, like in America, is a different like. I think when you what was that movie? Uh, I can't remember. It was a bunch Made of Manhattan. Like, no. no. I <laughs> do watch that. I have a bad habit of watching rom coms. Um, I love rom coms. Yeah. I love rom-com. stupid Hallmark, Hallmark movies about J Lo made a lot of them. You and, my, was like you and my mother in law would be like best for like the wedding planner. Like I had to go through like No, it's a me alone in like the house with Takis and Shamoy and the main Takis and just watching this like rom com yeah. situation. That's my self care rom coms <laughs> and uh being alone <laughs> with children around me. So it's I don't know, like Mexican rom coms are too dramatic. Marco. Marco? I, d- I did Marco. Elisa. I did watch some telenovelas when we were down in Mexico and it was like this is fucking awesome. No idea what's going on, don't care. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. it's 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 a thing. They actually end and it was like so interesting to me when we came here the days of our lives and it's like a hundredth season and I'm like What? It's <laughs> like no thank you. I'll go back to to this. Thank you very you much. You want dramas, it's waiting to get a luchador unmasked. That's uh, that's some heartbreaking that, stuff. That never happens. That yeah. ne- that never should happen. Well like and so when when I um I, so I gave Zach a mask which we put on, on our Instagram, but like so I was trying to explain to my wife about the mask and how the mask is the identity. Like like if you Nobody lose your mask I knew who Santa was. Like he never took it off. Like, like there, like didn't he? Like you, he never took it off. Did at one point was he part of government, or like, like there was? He was a lot of things. And like he just never. And I was still too young to understand what he did, but I knew he was in. Yeah, no one like no one knew who it was. Like, he was like, a saint in Mexico, essentially. Yeah, and so like things like like, like I got um, the little parka mask, um, mm-hmm. like any kind of little sure. Like so, like, I got the little sombra mask, and now he's in the WWE. He's a command, but like it's such a traumatic thing when uh, Luchador takes off their mask. It's and a traumatic it, thing to keep that face under a mask. Andrade, man, he's a good-looking dude. If you watch, dude. if you watch, like people don't give Nacho Libre the credit deserves for like showcasing what lucha was in Mexico. It's like all oh, those mm-hmm. people were real luchadors that were in it, and like my favorite ones were um, the Golden Dude. I can't remember his name, but it's just like that whole thing. Like essentially, like the, that's the whole lucha times that i grew up in mm-hmm. like that's when you say lucha when you say wrestling that's what i consider wrestling because when i see american wrestling i was like first of all the only one i liked was china and the undertaker so forever and ever and ever right. so, i'm like, a big china fan so we china. can <laughs> i cried when she died um forever but like those are the only two that actually left a mark in me in what they were doing but okay. like i can't sit through wrestling anymore because i'm like yeah, this is boring. I'm gonna go watch Mexico. I mean, I mean, yeah. Compared to like Lucha, like like Lucha, 
is such it's, it's its own thing like lucha is so much different than yeah. american wrestling mm-hmm. and like, like even you know the, the more technical matches that aren't as high flying are just so much different and it's just i love it i love i love lucha libre and like it was like one of the the guy who bought the mask from like i think a lot of people were like american fans they didn't know like i knew more about it so we have a conversation yeah. like when i asked for the la sombra mask it, it kind of like Oh, you you know what real lucha is as opposed yeah. to like I want Rey Mysterio mask that I could buy anywhere. You know, anywhere. I don't even know who Rey Mysterio is, and I know that I should. Is this my test for citizenship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is actually <laughs> more of an intervention than it is a podcast. No, I knew it. So, um, but anyway, so we have uh, we're debuting a, a new segment of this of the of the podcast here. So. Everyone's going. We're going around the room, and I want to know what's been the center of your universe. Wink this week uh, when it comes to pop culture, be it movie, TV show, book, song. Uh, so we're gonna start with Zach. So, what's been the center of your universe? The center of my universe. Um, well, I, I've been doing a lot of watching of stuff. Like I said, I went and saw Joe Bob Briggs, I went and saw RuPaul, I uh, went and saw uh, Evil Dead musical, which was really cool at Blank Canvas Theater. That's a, a theater that I sponsor. Uh, with Sickening Pictures, and uh, it's a great show. If you get a chance, uh, they have a splatter zone. It's really, really fun. Um, and then I went and saw uh, Monday Night Raw as well. Um, so, I mean, getting out and about, I think, and supporting live event stuff has kind of been the center of, of my universe. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just kind of sit back and recharge those batteries. I just watched uh, a flick called uh, Wax Mask. Uh, it's a... Lucio Fulci uh, film that Severn Films uh, restored. It's on Shutter right now, mm-hmm. and it's basically like Fulci's version of um, uh, 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 How's the Mask? No, the the Red Mask, uh, Death of Death of the Red Mask, the old Hammer one. But um, yeah, it's it's a wax museum and lots lots of murder. But it's just it's gooey and That's gory so and odd. And then there's just boobs everywhere for no reason. Like it is if you there's are a there was boobs. A if you're like a 12, 13 year old, like this movie is perfect for your Parental slumber party. Guidance. So you send it over to your nephews. Oh, this this I I need to like it's an amazing amazing play. It blew me away. I I just watched that the other night. It just it still sticks with me. I'm just like this is the Uncle reason why I, I love horror movies because it's just so just. Like, about a wax museum? Like, I should not care about this, but I couldn't look away. It's just totally absurd. Fantastic. So that's been the center. That's been the center of my universe this week. What, what about you, my man? Um, I So I, I've been wanting to, like, start a series and kind of stick to it of shows. And so I asked on Twitter and Facebook, and I got a, gr- a lot of great suggestions. I ended up going with Boardwalk Empire on HBO. That's right. You just started. How far did you get? So I'm in the season three. I've been flying through them. Dude, it's so good, It's right? such a good show. Steve Buscemi is so good. Who's your favorite character Steve so far? Buscemi. I mean, I love Steve Buscemi. Charlie Cox's character. Oh, yeah, you strike me as a Jimmy guy. I like Jimmy. Jimmy, like, I went back and forth on Jimmy. Okay. Um, Chalky White, I, I mean, I loved him as Omar in The, in the Wire, so uh-huh. I was that, that's my guy. Um, but like, the whole show is really good. Um, it's, it's jarring to think about that. It's set in 1920. Mm-hmm. How far, yet how not far, we have come in 100 years. Because yep. we are at 99 years at the moment, about to be 100 years. And like women just got the, like, the, the right to vote in the show. I'm like, oh man, the way that they treat like, minorities. Oh man, like, yeah. like all these things I'm like, Wow, it was 100 years Pol- ago. Political Fuck, corruption old, and... 
glad handing and yeah, and gerrymandering I, and yeah. Oh, it sounds a like everything that's happening right now. Well, like, they, <laughs> like, they literally like um, the attorney general in the show is being indicted and all stuff. It's like, and he said the word, "It's a witch hunt." I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck! Yeah, <laughs> like that. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, The Simpsons. Oh God! <laughs> Matt Groening's a fucking time traveler, guarantee it. Um, but it's such a good show that I'm, I'm I kick myself that I didn't watch it. But it's nice. I like going back to shows that are complete because I've mm-hmm. I, I've trained myself. Like I, there are some shows that now I watch every week that are new. But like I do like a good show that it's you know. I, I think the most underappreciated character on that show is is uh, my my favorite was always uh, Richard Morrow. Yes, he's fantastic. But the most underappreciated character is uh, played by Dabney Coleman. Because you forget it's Dabney Coleman and he's still alive. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's so, as the Commodore, he's so fucking good. It's, but um, when William Forsyth shows up. Well, I, I just got past the episode where um, Jimmy and his mom. Oh, good times. And you're like, there's, good the, times. there's that scene, like a, a season back, and like, I used to kiss him on his Willie. What? Like when he's talking, like the mom's talking to the wife, and you're like, you kind of already realize that this is a, a closer relationship than you want it, and then that happens. You're like, I'm like sitting in the apartment, like, oh fuck, and then it happens. I'm like, looking at my cat, like, what the fuck just happened? And the yeah. cat's like, I don't give a care. I'm a fucking cat. But so yes, um, the crazy but, thing though is, is like, uh, Paz de la Huerta is great on that the first couple seasons, mm-hmm. and then like that was right around the time when all that Hardy Weinstein shit hit uh, and like people just thought she was nuts and all that and like fuck that guy flamed her career and all that and that was part yes. of it nobody believed it I've heard he allegedly died <laughs> uh, I will say like you know Harvey Weinstein um, he popped back in the news this week big motherfucker you to, to Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. and fuck you to everyone who thought it was okay to bring him out and parade him around so fuck that guy moving on to happier things Bella what has your been your center of the universe this week you know the answer to this question, Zach. Bring it. <laughs> Burlesque. There you go. What? Um, actually, it's been, um, I do, every. essentially my life is just burlesque and then everything is in it. Um, it's been family and it's been a lot of taking care of family, but also um, developing new acts. So I've been like, so I did, remember I did Coheed and Cambria and mm-hmm. Black Mass. Shout out to Black Mass. Mike, I love you. Um, I love Mikey. So, um, Cocaine and Cambria, just like Welcome Home song, is developing to be something bigger now. So, um, there's that. And then moving towards doing non POC music, which, if you guys don't know, I've been doing only music in Spanish or by Latino composers since mm-hmm. Asshole God. Whatever. So, <laughs> it's like. Um, and then, so I'm venturing into starting, like, um, there's a specific sound I found, so best time to get at me is, like, when I'm driving, it's either podcasting, so thank you for all the stuff that I had to listen to. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys. I laughed a lot, and then, um, I was listening to Spotify, like, music, and this song came on, and I was just like, the fuck? So, quite like that. And I, I pulled over, took a picture of the song, and saved it. And then started driving 70 again, even though everybody was going 95 on 71, because that's what they do. But um, just getting ready to debut my first um, non-Latino, not, like, English piece, which is, like, mm-hmm. really weird timing. 
and it's about somebody that I just feel weird about. So it's just going to be interesting situation stuff things. And uh, that's honestly not in Halloween because I love Halloween. Like today I did a Beetlejuice look because okay. I was going to do You're something simple. So we, we had mentioned your Instagram Spot before because you do yeah. you do some great makeup looks. You make yeah. all your costumes. Yeah, you have not more. all of them, some of them, you, most of them. Yes, there's a few pieces that I don't. You were part of the Stephen King tribute show at Black yes. Mask, and you did this amazing uh, piece George, from it. George, I, it turned into just doing it on the second show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I did the makeup. You did the makeup. Yeah. You had the uh, yellow the silk robe, uh, yeah. the paper boat. Uh, yeah, the little paperwork fascinator cramp. that Aurora Thunderstall never got back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> love you. <laughs> Shots fired. Love Aurora. I love. <laughs> There's a point between drag queens and like me that we like when you start in you. You've been through this. Like you're in the same room with us and you hear us talk. You do not know if we're offending each other or being serious or anything because mm. we're just like rapid fire and we're fine. Where somewhere else you would have been like, huh, blah, blah. They're fighting. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Like, we're, no, we're, it's, we're, it's, it's weird. It is it is a thing because it's like, I don't, I, 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 I've become like drag and burlesque adjacent. Like, yeah, I'm, are. and You're I feel, it, I feel, it's almost like, uh, like the caterer at that wedding where, like, are these two going to work that out? I don't know, but the, the, here, here's this um, really tasty kind of thing. No, yeah, that uh, it piece. I'm actually terrified of clowns. Really? I am. I cannot do, um, if we go to a haunted house and you're with me, I will throw you to the clown so I can survive. <laughs> and that's how <laughs> we go. I'm, run so away. Like, I'm never dying in a horror movie, except I did. Hello, chill. Available on Amazon. Um, <laughs> plug. But no, yeah, that was uh, about conquering fear in a way. And then everybody got so thrown when I actually did it. And I didn't realize that my body language with my makeup and the way that I act when I'm on stage becomes so powerful that Mm -hmm. I actually scare people. I had a lady going like this in the front row as I was stripping, Mm -hmm. which is funny. I was like, I'm taking off my clothes. I'm a sexy clown. Hello. I'm a clown every day. (laughs) But (laughs) I grabbed the balloon. And I just hold it in front of her. Everybody in the audience, and I could see because I was that forward, they're like, no, no, no. (laughs) Pop the balloon, and I just see jumping. And I was just like, what the fuck? I forgot, evil clown. To to bring it back to a point of earlier, like, that's what I love. Like, if uh, the titillation that you're meant to feel that that you're chasing by going to these shows, by chasing that high, is it's it's like that roller coaster of like, okay, I'm going to sit at the back of the car. I'm going to sit in the middle of the car. And then pretty soon you're like the front of the car. Yeah. And then, you know, now you're traveling the world trying to find the tallest, fastest roller coasters kind of thing. So I think, like, also the performers, like, I've been so spoiled into seeing the most amazing burlesque performers in the world and the best drag artists. The one that scared me the most was uh, Luminous Pariah in Seattle. Mm-hmm. We did uh, Dear White People. <laughs> it's a show that they did in Seattle yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. Amazing show. Um, shout out to, um, I, I, I forgot her name. Oh my God, I'll remember. But they did this production. I was there during BurlyCon and I was invited to take part. It's an all POC show. So you don't know what you're watching though. Because over there is a very different dichotomy of people. And there's a very politically like driven show from Voices of POC. And they had an indigenous uh, comedian, and they were amazing. They were amazing. I laughed so hard, I almost, like, peed myself. But, like, when it came to Luminous taking the stage, he had to let me know, because there was a rope in the back. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he's not only black, but um, he's also Latinx. And there's also, like, there's different things that, that, that he introduced. And this was a KKK performance. So I, there's a background history of why I do not, like, if I see them, I'm gone. It's, it's a thing. Like, with Mexican culture, like, we've been raised to be afraid of those particular people. So he had to warn me. That because they asked, hey, what are your trigger warnings? I was like, oh, yeah, that. What is that? <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Hello, I'm Mexican. <laughs> I'm not go. So, and like, he had to talk to me before he put the hood on. And it's just like, this is this was my Friday night. There was a person dressed as a member of the KKK <laughs> voguing in the <laughs> dressing room. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a... Yeah, it's heavy, but if you're not there, you can't understand the context. And this act is yeah. so powerful because it's talking about discrimination and what this country and hatred and like it's coming from a perspective of a black man and what he sees. Mm-hmm. When he got on stage, I, it's a little black box theater, so I got on stage. I went to the back and I was like, I'm going to sit, right? You know, I'm getting ready to watch a really good show. And Luminous Praia is the most happiest, amazing, strategic performer you will ever see. I recommend him highly to, to go watch him. Um, part of Mod Carousel from Seattle. But he came out and his body language changed, went from one to a thousand and I clutched my friend's hand so hard because I was actually afraid. Mm-hmm. The The way that he did the track, the way that the, the track was going, the way that was, he was telling the story, I there was a point two minutes in that I just couldn't do it anymore. I was shaking and I was crying. I had to get out because I was so afraid. There was, um, in the past, they told me that, like, there's people that stood up straight up and they kind of had to, if, like, it's a very reactionary show. Mm-hmm. So, um, I left the performance because I couldn't, I couldn't, like, hear the track. I just, like, I went outside. I ordered, that's back when I used to drink, so I ordered a drink, sat in with my, like, my hands in my ears because I didn't want to hear the rest of the track. He actually ran around, um people to talk to me what's up and they're like hey are you okay he actually came up and after and talked to me about it he's like how you doing i was like yeah that home shook so <laughs> yeah. like, quite literally but like that was one of the most intelligent conversations intelligent shows that i've been part of because it was a one-sided conversation with the audience and then in the end we it was optional we can sit and the audience can ask questions about our acts okay oh, and, cool. was, and there was a, a lot of understanding i think it was just a conversation from POC to, you know, to, to white folks. And that number will never, that will, that will never leave me. But in a happier note, Red Room, Chicago performer. Another one bites the dust. You can find this. She's a novice. Picture this. Every time she claps, like baby powder. It's amazing. She is a visual artist that is absolutely amazing. Like, I just like that every single performer that I have seen transforms themselves into something different on stage and that is not just any performer it's a special breed of performer mm-hmm. that can just go out there and be like boom like locally i happen to think the lady jay martinez took the to the card that they took that show with the cross made out of corn oh yes, from yes. children of corn um that was my favorite number in the whole thing. Dr. Dr. Lady J just always brings yeah. something just so unique and, and you need to, you need to see this because yeah. I think you'll be interested in Black Mass actually I, tomorrow. I, I want to go to Black Mass, 
Um, and, I, and like when they were here, so we we had Michael, we, uh, Michael, and oh, we had, I, I was uh, listening. <laughs> just need to get that that fucking start time earlier because I'm an old ass man. Oh, uh, take a nap. It's the best. Yeah, I really want to. Because that's the all the freaks come out at night, like the song goes, and that's where they belong. <laughs> like that's. The, I he love made that it's late. I, different. Yeah, I love it. It's so go getter. I, I really do want to. It's one of the few shows where I just perform to have fun and experiment on stage and do stuff that's yeah. different. That's awesome. And that's you cannot get me to do any other thing locally unless like I don't walk out of the house without a guarantee. That's that's my mentality because now it's sixteen years in. Mm-hmm. I'm I paying bills. I'm an adult. Hello, yeah. I pay taxes for this. <laughs> like it's the, it's a whole business thing, and if I. It's like sometimes finding a sitter and like doing all the stuff. It's like a whole hassle. So I have to be making money when yeah. it comes. Because you, you. So now to speak on that, you, you are a, a full-on business. Yeah. So Ohio burlesque. Cleveland burlesque. Cleveland burlesque. Yes. And Ohio burlesque corp. Yes. So. That's yeah, that's all you. <laughs> and that's been uh, that was all recently formalized. So and, and, um, right? we were formalized with the festival a while ago, when the festival like. First, second year, but we were we had a shared LLC mm-hmm. um, under an umbrella with one of my friends, so that's how we ran with them. So, but they did a lot of the legwork for me, like taxes and stuff like that. So I didn't do it myself. I just like turned in the numbers. They did it. Done. Um, we decided to rebrand and change names five years before the actual name change because I didn't feel that La Femme Mystique was any anymore serving of who we were as people mm-hmm. it was very gendered and it was very like it was just not anymore what served us so in our 10th anniversary i tattooed our logo which that's cleveland behind it so we just started using cleveland burlesque oh, i thought you meant the, to, the optimus prime Autobots oh no that's like i have a lot of tattoos i'm getting more i'm busting uh, your balls over here bella just Jesus. a little bit a little, little bit over He's here blasting. No, uh, <laughs> shout out to my boss's friends um, I don't know. It's just like it became the right time at their 15th anniversary to just mm-hmm. we brought to the reigning king of burlesque and the reigning queen of burlesque, uh, Inga and um, Icky Muffin. Cats, the cat number he does is fucking magical. <laughs> Everything a cat does, he did as a person dressed as a cat. It was amazing. Yeah. In Lyra, spinning around in circles, it was a thing. Yeah, um, that's why he won. But it is it was just and like Inga's number was thirty AF, man. It was so good. Um, but it was just like it was just time to move with the times and we went hemp and rebranding with the logo and imagery for a while now and people just recognized us and knew who we were. Mm-hmm. So it just when we did the logo exchange, everybody just knew who we were. And I was like so scared that people weren't gonna take it well. Okay. And because it was like big D energy, because if anybody knows the the endless saga about the world versus Bellison, which I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> when that went in, it was just like, hey, I'm a business. I'm established for 15 years. I did this. That turn of events really got us hired from, we became MOCA's new agency um, award members, like I think it's an award. Um, I'm still trying to understand it myself. We performed for Playhouse Square with the Cleveland Opera yeah. Theater. We've gotten like a because that was a huge deal, and that oh, was a mix yes. of, of we, burlesque performers and, and drag, drag as well. Yeah, and the first time we performed with them, um, if you have a minute, go check out Cleveland Opera Theater. Amazing. The photos are great. Scott I'm, does an amazing job. Yeah, because they're um, full dragging. like gown numbers. Oh like, god, it was just, amazing there. Yeah. 
Um, so the first time we worked with them was with Kimi Katarja, May God's Boys. Yeah. Um, Kimi's great. And then the um, second time, uh, La Traviata with them and Ladies Life. And um, that was at the Maltz Performance Arts Center. Okay. In the Eastside. So that's still a synagogue sometimes. So I'm just like, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised how they get down. I was very intimidated. So, because that was, you know, I've always performed to classical music, too. So, I was like, okay, got that. But this was in scaffolding around other people on stage. We weren't stripping, which was fine. I was like, well, if I'm not stripping, what kind of talent do I have? But... <laughs> <laughs> I love how she myself, eyeballed me. I ask and- myself that all the time, honestly. <laughs> my, my daily mantra. If I'm not stripping, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, that's true. Oh. Um, for breakfast. In- Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's the first. That's the first center of the universe T-shirt. I'm not sure I, I, I demand the center T-shirt with that on it. Perfect. So um, Scott was great at directing us and helping us, and actually Kimmy like helped us maneuver that a little bit better because like we have we haven't been in that theater stance where it's very timed, and it was amazing. We did it um, two days, and then they brought us back for La Boheme, which is the inspiration. La Boheme was the inspiration for. Um, rent. Mm-hmm. So they wanted a bunch of drag kings and drag queens and burlesque performers, and they they're so generous with us and so wonderful. In our experiences performing with them, have been so amazing that I cannot tell you that I was performing at Playhouse Square in 2019 with an opera company at like you know the Ohio Theater, especially yeah. being like the first burlesque performer that's. Touch that ground since Sally ran in Playhouse Square, like area. So it was, it was just like Playhouse Square is a big deal. I mean, like yeah. when I moved here in 2015, so I watched the the Tony Awards every year. That's the year that Playhouse Square won the, the best regional Tony. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, like, that is a big deal. It is one of the mm-hmm. biggest theater outside of Chicago, New York and Chicago. Actually, Cleveland. it's second largest theater concentration in the country. I, that's it's, and I, I believe it because I I've seen a number of shows there, and it's. Playoff Square is so good, and so for you to be able to be part of that, like that is absolutely. It wouldn't huge. have happened without um, Scott and the team wanting to, because they're wanting to move away with the idea that opera is just for old white people. They're making opera affordable. They're making opera diverse. Mm-hmm. They're making That's opera good. accessible. They're remarketing opera in a modern stance because La Traviata was set in a modern stance. People were wearing modern modern clothing versus, yeah. you know, what it says. So he's like literally doing what other opera theaters and companies in other like in other cities are like what because i happen to be uh when Traviata was going to happen i happened to be in minneapolis and they're like the opera people were like you're performing la Traviata? is it like a burlesque tribute or something i was like no we're performing with a boom opera theater they're like what like because we're global entertainment to some people still and we're like taboo entertainment which i'm like hello been there, done that. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. So it's one, one of the highest rated things MTV ever did was Carmen the Hip Hopera. You remember oh that? Oh my God, Beyonce. Right. God. And, and, and like opera is something that like I know like Fathom Events does that at the movie theaters, and I've been to a couple of those. But like it, like live like it's live live performances, be it burlesque, be it opera, be it you know the theater is always better live. So yeah. I think that's very awesome. The talent of those performers singing because that that's when I really got into my my head. You have this person like singing. Um, some of the the main cast members there um, were singing, and I was just like taken back because like you have to train for years to do that. I'm over here like, 
So I'm here because, <laughs> hello? But then somebody actually, um, one of my burlesque friends was like, you wouldn't have been there if they didn't see your talent equal or greater than those people that you're performing in. And I was like, oh yeah, duh. It's like, you can't do what they do, but they can not do what you do. And I was like, this makes sense. Thank you very much. And then I just went for it and hoped they didn't fall into the orchestra pit. Uh, <laughs> but it was, um, it was a stripper's nightmare. Um, but it was, it, now that the company has like, we've been growing so much more since 2010 has been like, before 2010, we were like, kind of like, okay, maybe this is going to take off. Maybe not. For a little while, we were just like, it was just me for a little while. But 2010 came through and then it's just like, yeah. and now we're in 2019 and I'm like, uh, because sometimes I catch myself, like we did stuff for, um, for Cinematique. I cat caught myself in that. I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, I can say this. Like, we were in NPR, and I was like, when in my, like, everything in my life has told me that I'm not supposed to be where I am, but I got here somehow from being a little girl in Mexico to telling myself, because NPR is a big deal. So, yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. I was just like, you know, it's NPR. Like, people talk like this. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I don't have a That's voice the new direction of the podcast, actually. Like, we're going to be like, ASMR. <laughs> Welcome to Center Universe. Hello, thank you. Thank you. You've tuned into Banner and the Nooch. Uh, we're here with the drive time. Uh, we're going to be giving away those tickets to the Monster Truck Rally this Sunday. Oh, that's um, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday. I also have a recipe for uh, sweaty balls. Sweaty Sweaty balls. Oh, my God. It was like, it was, it was just like, that was, like, I keep catching myself with, with the book. Every time that I'm published somewhere, I'm just like, and I think that's, Even when I produced my first show outside of Ohio. Yeah, you're doing just, multiple day shows yeah. as well. Like it's, it's festival runs. And yeah, festival is three days. And that is every year I'm just like, nobody's going to come. And then we're sold out. So I was just like, I was like, where do these people come from? Why can't you come to my regular shows? It's like Mike McKay mentality <laughs> all over again. Yeah, like, right? Telling you. It's... The, the artists, the, it's, they're killing it. So we are, we're, we're going to wrap up. Unfortunately, we, we have yeah. to, to okay. <laughs> but, but this has been a great conversation. And like, I definitely think we'll, we'll have you back. Um, so if people want to follow you on social media. And they should. And they fucking should. <laughs> give them um, all that. To find us uh, as the show, Cleveland, at Cleveland Burlesque on Instagram, at Ohio Burlesque on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, apparently we're still a feministic. So just look for clevelandburlesque.com or higherburlesque.com for details. My own personal social media is Bella Sin, C-L-E, as in Clee, because everybody is like Bella Sin Co, Sin Clay, Sin Clo. I was like Bella Sin Cleveland. It's Bella Sin C-L-E. On Instagram, not safe for work. I'm also Bella Sin C-L-E on Twitter, on my website, and on my TikTok, on my Facebook, um, and uh Find us at the Alex Theater for our monthly shows along with the Beachland Ballroom. Star Wars coming up. Yeah. Um, Doing Star Wars burlesque, Ben. Oh, it's the War of Stars. There you go. So it's Star, Star, Star Galactica. Galactica. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Um, like Star Trek, Star Wars, and um, Stargate. Sexy Ferengis. Ooh, Sexy Ferengis. I'm into that. I don't that. know. I do a MacGyver number. <laughs> just really do. And then we have... Um, Nightmare for Christmas Burlesque at the Nine. And the next show is actually, we're branching out and doing Dragoween, Party Like a Monstar. 
yeah. at the Beachland Ballroom November 1st. And then we have a night of That's stars. That's a stacked show. I just started oh, seeing 15 the... 15 people, 15 local queens. And then we're bringing uh, Maxi... 15 and... 15 and, Maxi Glamour from Dragula Season 3. Yeah. Um, 15 and local tickets queens. are 15 bucks, right? We wanted to make something accessible. And if That's you're part great. of... That's a dollar a queen. That's yeah. bonkers. That's, That's insanity. But they're getting paid well. Uh, yeah. If you would like to sponsor, go ahead and email clevelandburlesque at gmail.com. Um, and then we have a, November 15th, we're having a show at the Alex Theater, which I want everybody to go to because it's old school burlesque night. The Alex Theater is called uh, Burlesque at the Nine and Night of Stars. Um, and it's going to be a shout out to old school burlesque, which is one of my favorite things to do. And my new number is going to be debuting there. Yeah. Not a Selena, just regular. Just you have to wait for Selena till May, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that's where you can find us, and you can purchase the Rustbell Burlesque book wherever fine books are sold. Um, Am- it. It's fun. Amazon, it's fun to read. Apparently, Walmart, Barnes and Noble has it, and I walked in in Chicago mm-hmm. to a bookstore, and I looked back, and there's my face, and I was like, "This is not weird." So, but I walked into. I'm taking this fucking book. Why? my face. I was like, I "Didn't say anything." The lady's like. Pointing at me, pointing at the book, and I just shook my head and they laughed. Like, eh? I was just like, I was going to the bathroom. <laughs> I was just like, damn it. So, but at Crocker Park, I walked in and they're like, Are you that girl from that book? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Was am I in trouble? So I signed a couple uh, copies and was like, Oh, autograph by blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, That's so real now that like I get pictures of people in El Paso with the book. That's cool. And yeah, I was just right, in, yeah. in California and in Seattle and in New York. And I was just like, what is happening? So hopefully more people can go out and buy it. It's amazing. It's 198 pages of awesome boobies. Can't can confirm. <laughs> Drag queens. Can't confirm. Yeah. Like, it is definitely an awesome, awesome read. Yeah. All right, Mr. Zach, if people want to follow you in line and send you weird things. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zach for Zombies. Uh, Z-A-C-H-F-O-R-Z-O-M-B-I-E-S. Let's get not safe for work, kids. Come on. Get weird. I um, want to be the reason you get called to HR. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. Um, what about you, Ben? Well, so I am on Twitter at Center Club, S-E-N-T-E-R, uh, Center of the Universe. We have updated <laughs> social media because of the, of the rebranding. On Twitter, we are at Center of the U. Again, Center with an S because... If you at this point you don't know, then what's going on? And then on Instagram, we are Center of the Universe. Also, look up Jabroni U on Twitter. Jabroni. Jab- they are Jabroni. our proud Jabroni. Our proud network. Um, Kevin Aldridge does the theme song. To yeah, us. love it. Amazing. So, um, and actually, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give him a shout out if I can get to my Twitter. My fat thumbs. Um, Feels. Uh, Kevin Aldridge <laughs> is Kevin Aldridge. Uh, Ad. Uh, A-L-D-R-I-D-G-E, Kevin Aldridge. He does a lot of great stuff for Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, mm-hmm. a couple other podcasts, and he did this. So fantastic. And also, big shout out to our, our, our sponsor, which is powerslam.tv. Um, if you use the code Center Stage, a shout back to the, uh, the, the old days. Uh, Center Stage, you get a free month of some of the best pro wrestling in the entire world. Uh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Bella, for being the first guest on Center of the Universe. De nada. There you that go. That means you're welcome in Spanish. <laughs> thank you for having me. It, it was fantastic. Uh, Zach, I'm excited for this new venture. I think it's going to be great. Ooh, can I say something? Of course. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> thank you.
<laughs> Fuck Donald Trump. Oh. Fuck Donald Trump. You're not dancing, Zach. We're driving this motherfucker into the ground. I love it. Off the rails. Oh, God. Off the rails, doing rails. Woo! All right. For Ben, this is Ben. And for Zach and Bella, this is Zach and Bella. I am so... And remember, I... go out and find your center of the universe. It's what we're going to try this week. It'll be different next time. Bye-bye. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.